Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. When it comes to ministry, Jesus says, look, the ministry that you're going to do, you're going to do some things that I didn't even do. That's incredible. It's humbling. It should be humbling to us. But let's take a look at John chapter 14, verses 15 through 18 really quickly this morning. It says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus said that he would have someone come to help us. I think I need a little bit of help this morning. Could I have Ramona and Isabella? Can you guys come and help me for a minute? How many of you know life is tough sometimes? You guys ever have to do tough things? Well, this morning, I've got this bucket of sand. It's five gallons of sand. So sometimes we've got to carry things that are really heavy. God asks us to do things that are difficult. Sometimes at school, they ask us to do things that are difficult or at work. So I'm going to have each one of you try this. So Ramona, come stand over here so everybody can see. Isabella, can you try first? Can you see if you can pick that up and carry that? Oh, I got it off the ground. Could, do you think you could carry that around all day long? No? No, Ramona, why don't you give it a try? Whoa, don't hurt yourself. That's, that's, is it heavy? Yeah. Yeah, it's heavy. I th- you know what I think we need? I think we need some help. Who is someone that you guys think is strong and that could lift this for us? Uh, Your dads. Dads, could you come up here and help us this morning if you're here? Our dad's here. I see Dave. There he is. Liz is like, I didn't work out this morning. I hope I can lift this. All right, guys, I'm going to have you guys step away a little bit, all right? We're going to have Dave and Luz come up, and each of you can grab one side of the handle there. Can you guys lift that? Now, is it heavy? Okay. But they could lift it. Wow, they did a great job. Thanks, guys. You guys can all go be seated. Dads are special, huh? I'm glad we have dads in our life that can help us. Do you know we have the greatest dad in our life? Whether you had a relationship with your biological father or not, I want to tell you there is a heavenly father who loves you. And when we ask for his help, he'll help us. He comes along and he loves us. And he realizes the burden that we carry is heavy. Life is heavy. It's messy. and We need help. We need someone that will come along and help us. And who Jesus speaks about is a gift from our heavenly father in the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Every person here, I want you to know you are not alone. There are some things that we can help each other with. Ramona and Isabella tried to lift this together and they could get it off the ground, but there's no way they could could go with that bucket anywhere. 
But when the Father steps in and helps us, the load gets so much lighter. The load gets so much easier. And that is what the Holy Spirit does. It comes along and lifts and carries the load for us. Life is difficult. There's examples all over the Bible. How many of you guys remember Samson? Any of you guys remember Samson? What, what, Ramona? Anybody know where his strength came from? Came from God, the Holy Spirit. In fact, it says that the Spirit would come on Samson and he would have supernatural strength. Whoa, that's cool. There's other examples. How about Moses? Here was a guy who God asked to do all sorts of things. He had a staff too. Do you remember one of the things that, that God asked Moses to do with his staff? Oh, he threw it on the ground, turned it into a snake. Has anybody done that lately? Now everybody's waiting. They're like, is pastor going to pick up his staff and throw it on the ground? Where is this going? We're we getting off the rails. Look, the fact is, is that Moses didn't turn that staff into a snake. Who turned it into a snake? God did. Moses needed help. He couldn't do it on his own. How about when they got to the Red Sea? The enemies were, were coming, and, and they got stuck, and there's all this water, and they didn't know how to swim. What did they do? Do you remember? What did they do? Didn't God separate the waters, and they walked over on dry land? Because God will send his Spirit to help. God always wants to help us. How about Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego? They worshipped God, but they would not bow down to the false gods of their nation. They said, no, I'm sorry, we're serving one God, one God alone. So they, they, the leaders said, okay, that's it. We're going to round you up. We're going to throw you into a furnace. That's hot. That's more heat than I want in Wisconsin. So they took him, and they took him to this fire furnace, and as the guards threw him in, they died because it was so hot, and these three guys fell in the furnace, and they had some type of window, and they looked in, and you know what they saw when they looked in there? There were four people in there, because Jesus was in the fire with them. They didn't get burned or scorched. How is that possible? Only through the Spirit of God. How did David lead and defeat Goliath and stand up and do these many incredible things that he did for God because God sent him help. This morning, God wants to send us help in the form of the person of the Holy Spirit. They couldn't do it themselves. So I want to step into the mindset of the beginning church. Let's put ourselves in their shoes this morning and walk through what happened with them as they waited for the person of the Holy Spirit to show up. You have 120 people that gather together, a little smaller than our gathering here today. They gathered together for a deepening in their relationship with the Holy Spirit because Jesus told them to wait. We're seeking a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit today. And just a reminder, we are not seeking manifestations, but sometimes the Holy Spirit interacts with us through manifestations. So let's take a look at the verses that talk about this in Acts chapter 2. Let's start with verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were together in one place. Where are we, guys? We're together in what? One place. All right, so this is good. 
Verse 1 is covered. But they talk about Pentecost. What is this Pentecost? Well, Pentecost was the second great festival of the Jewish year. Originally, it was called the Feast of Weeks. How many of you like feasts? In a couple weeks, who is going to have Thanksgiving? All right, who's going to have turkey? Raise your hand if you're having turkey at Thanksgiving. Oh, if you're going to have ham at Thanksgiving, raise your hand. Oh, a couple people. How many people are going to have pizza? I, I might have pizza. I, I like how you're thinking. So a feast, the Feast of Weeks. It was a harvest festival. Oh, man. You know what it is here in Wisconsin? The Harvest Festival. This was celebrated by the Word and the Law, and then they ate a meal together. That sounds a lot like what we're doing right now. We're gathered together. We're hearing God's Word. We're going to have some time with the Lord. We're going to go downstairs afterwards, and what are we going to do? All these kids know. Come on, adults. Participate. All right? We're going to go eat. We're going to have a great time downstairs. And in a like manner, Pentecost symbolizes for the church the beginning of God's harvest of souls for the world. That was the importance of Acts 2. God was in the beginning. We sing a song every once in a while from Elevation Worship, Do It Again. Can I tell you, God's doing it again, and that he is cultivating souls for his kingdom all over the place. Incredible things are happening all over the place in churches. They're beginning to experience things they hadn't experienced before. And as your pastor, my deepest desire is that God takes you on a journey as a church, as an individual, as families, that you would begin to experience things you've never experienced before because God is so good and because there needs to be revival in our nation. There needs to be cities raised up, changed, and transformed by the power of God, and there needs to be salvation in our streets. That's why we are moving as a church to live outside the building. I wore a shirt, I think, on Wednesday night. The church has moved outside the building. I'm excited about things in December and, and being a part of the parade and the, the, the living windows and doing these events. And I, I love doing our, our worship nights and concerts outdoors. And it was funny because we did a concert inside this summer. And a whole bunch of people in the community that don't go to our church is like, we heard there was a concert, but, but I drove by the church and there was nothing going on outside. I'm like, you know what? So at first I was like, oh no, we've done something wrong. But then the spirit goes, oh yes, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. People in our community go, hey, that's the church that does things for the community to get involved. God wants to do something great outside the walls of the building. And he's calling us to be a part of it. So what were these guys doing? They got together. There's 120 of them. They're in this place. What were they doing? Well, Acts chapter 1 tells us they were praying. How many of you guys pray? All right, that's good. All right, so we've got a praying church. That's good. So these guys are together. They're praying. They were taking care of church business. They elected some new leadership. They were doing life together, and they waited for this person of the Holy Spirit to show up because that's what Jesus told them. Let's look at the ways that the early church experienced the Holy Spirit before, during, and after the filling in their life. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
So suddenly a sound like blowing wind. What do we use to hear with? Don't be shy. Ears. Ears. So there's 120 people, and they said, we hear a sound like what? A blowing violent wind. Now, to be clear, there was not a blowing violent wind, okay? So it wasn't like, have you got, how many of you guys have dogs? Does your dog ever stick his head out the window? And all of a sudden, his like, cheeks are like, you know? That's not what was going on. There wasn't 120 people in the upper room, and all of a sudden, all their cheeks are like, oh, the Holy Spirit's here. No, that's not what it was. They heard a sound with their ears. Wow. So before the infusion of the Spirit, there was an audible occurring. It happened unexpectedly. It happened from heaven. They heard this sound. This to happen this I was like, it's laid on my heart. Because I couldn't find anybody that's written, written anything on this. I believe that the reason that there was an audible experience that the church had was because after you're filled with the Holy Spirit, what we hear, we hear differently. How many of you have ever had somebody say something mean to you that hurts your heart? Great, just the kids? Come on. Yeah, yeah, big kids have to participate today, okay? Otherwise, these kids are going to experience the Holy Spirit, and you guys are going to be left out, all right? So... And so the fact is, is that sometimes people say things that are mean. Sometimes people say things that hurt our feelings. But an amazing thing begins to happen as you grow deeper with the Holy Spirit. You just don't hear what people say. But you begin to hear what's happening in their hearts and their lives by what they say. And the Holy Spirit starts to give you insight on maybe why why that person is acting that way, why they're saying that. They're saying one thing, but you're hearing something else. And this incredible thing begins to happen while it still hurts. I'm not saying that, that when people say the mean things or hurtful things, it, it doesn't hurt. It, it still hurts. People said mean things to Jesus. It probably hurt his feelings. But Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, heard more than just the words they were communicating. And it begins to fill you with compassion for them. And you begin to see them differently because of what you're hearing from the Holy Spirit. You're just not hearing those hurtful words. You're hearing words of a broken heart. And God begins to show you that. Uh, verse number three. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of their heads. Now listen, just in case, there are fire extinguishers located throughout the building today. All right, so if anybody catches on fire, feel free to use those. We've got this giant bucket of sand. We know at least two guys can lift it. All right, so we don't want to put out the fire of the Holy Spirit, right? That's a good type of fire. So after they heard something, what happened? Oh, I heard it over here. Say it. They saw something. What do we use to see with? Our eyes. Our eyes. Now, there has to be an importance for this, too. Why would, why would God move in a way that was visual? Because after the Holy Spirit comes in our life, we see things differently. 
and we can look at a mess or a disaster or issues that are happening in our world, and you know what? By themselves, we see those things, and they could terrify us. Things that are happening internationally in Ukraine, and we're driving down the street, and we look at the price of gas, <laughs> and we see it, and that can cause a panic in our heart. You go to the grocery stores to buy food, and you're just like, I can't afford to eat anymore. I mean, it, it, just looking at those things could cause panic in our hearts and life. But when you have the person of the Holy Spirit in your life, and as you grow a deeper relationship with him, you see things differently. You still see the reality of the situation. We don't deny that. But we also see that God's hand is in the middle of it. That in the middle of things that are chaotic and crazy and maybe even horrible events, we see that there is a God still moving. So we don't just see the things that are natural. We see the hand of our Father moving. Amen? So the church experienced, what was the first thing that they experienced? Something audible with their, then they experienced something, again, we've got more, how many of you have eyes? You know what, we've got the ability to be able to, now look, maybe you're like me, they don't work as well as they used to, Uh, but you know what, we've got the ability to be able to see. Now I'm going to read between the lines for just a moment, because in this same verse it says that there were tongue, they saw tongues of fire that separated and came and rested on each of them. There may have been a tactile experience here. What do we use when we touch things, guys? Most of the time, our hands. That's probably a good thing. And, and, and we, can, we can touch things, and, and different things feel different ways, right? Like, how do your towels feel this morning? Soft. Soft. And, and how do your buckets, if you touch your buckets, what do they feel? Hard. Hard. You, can feel you can feel temperature, right? Hot or cold. When we grow in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, there are times where that experience will be tactile. Where we'll feel God's presence. Sometimes it can feel like a warm blanket. Have you ever felt the presence of God? I mean, it's just, sometimes it's a tactile experience. As we're prepping for this week, um, something that I felt that I was supposed to do, maybe it was me, maybe it was God, I don't know, but I, I, I didn't, I, it's, it's not necessarily biblical, but it's not, not biblical. I, I just prayed, worship, I played worship music in here every day I was here, and we just kept worship music going in this place all week long. And... Uh, I walked in to grab something, one, and I, I, throughout the week, I'd come in and pray, and, and just periodically throughout the day, had great times with God. I came in one time just to grab something, and as I came in, and as I was getting closer to the middle of the sanctuary, I could feel the presence of God, the weight of God, just began to smile. Just like, man, there, God's presence is here. And as I'm walking out, I got about halfway to the door, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the door. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, whew, God's doing something. And sometimes when we're in the presence of God, there will be a time where we feel something. Now listen, we don't seek a feeling. We don't seek goosebumps. We seek God's presence. 
We seek the Holy Spirit. We seek to want to spend time with God. That's what we're seeking. That's what the church came to seek. There's one more thing, though, that they experienced. And let's look at verse 4. So let's just recap. There was an audio experience, an audible experience. There was a visual experience. They saw something. We think that there was probably a tactile experience where they sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit. And now verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled. Here's the internal filling of the Holy Spirit. And it filled all who were assembled there. All who were there. Without exception. They all were filled. Every one of them. And then they had a verbal experience. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled. Not as man enabled. Not as man manipulated. So here are all these guys. How many of you, what do we use, what do we use to speak, guys? Mouth. mouth. And what's in your mouth? Tongue. Teeth. How many of you got lips? Right? All of those are important for speech. And so all these people are gathered together. They're in, let me read this for you. And I don't know Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. This is a market-type area where they're at, all right? So this is like, this is like they're living next to the mall, all right? Uh, and it's just like malls were different, outdoor malls. Anybody been to an outdoor mall? It's like somebody had a house at an outdoor mall. People are walking, they're shopping, and they're hearing this crazy commotion going on. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each each one of the people, so these aren't the people in the upper room, these are the people shopping in the mall. Because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Among those presents, present were Perithians, Medes, El- El, 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 yep, that one, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, uh, Judea and uh, Cappadocia. I can't talk to save my life. Yep, that place too. Pontus and Asia, Phy- Phygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya and Cyrene, visitors from Mon- Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. They all heard them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. And here is the thing. Those 120 people did not speak these languages before this experience. They had no idea what they were saying. Yet as the Spirit enabled them, they began to speak in languages that were not their own. And all these people in the mall hear this. Peter then gets up. He speaks to them about what's happened. 3,000 people get saved. And the church launches. 
That's pretty incredible. That's pretty amazing. Mike, Robbie, if you'd come and get ready. There are some people that believe that this was a one-time experience. God doesn't operate this way anymore. So I'm just going to be real with you. I don't see an expiration on this passage of Scripture. I don't think that, I don't think that people that say that are really trying to say, well, this is what we feel the Bible says. I think the reason why denominations and people have said that God doesn't move this way anymore comes down to personal, a personal issue. We have the faith to believe that the Spirit of God came upon Mary and conceived Jesus. We can believe that. We believe that the Spirit could come on Samson and have incredible strength for the task that, that God had for him. We believe that, that, that God could move in these people and do great things and move in these visual and audible ways. We believe that those people could, could have the infilling of the Spirit and speak in other languages. We have the faith for that. But when we go, well, God can't move that way now, I believe the reason that we often come to that conclusion is because if we're believing that and we don't experience God, then we feel we're unworthy. We're not good enough. Church, the truth is, is we're not. We're not good enough. We're not worthy. And neither were any of The Christmas, we'll have our Christmas services. We're gonna... When Jesus was born, it was not kings and queens and royalty that were invited to come and worship at his birth. It wasn't the upper class. It wasn't even the working class. It was the lowest of the lows. It was men working in the field, men of no reputation, and as culture would say, men of no worth. These were the individuals invited to come and worship the king at his birth. Men who were unworthy, filthy, smelly. I go to the dog park once in a while. There's a lot of dogs out there. Dogs eat. After they eat, there's things that they do. And once in a while, as you're walking around the dog park, somebody did not pick up the things that dogs do. And it gets on your shoes. And it's smelly. And it's nasty. That's the life of a shepherd. They walk around in the things that sheep do. <laughs> yeah, how great is our Savior? Not born in a palace, born in a stable, among the filthy things of life. God doesn't move on behalf of our worth. God moves in our life because he loves you. We're never worthy. But it does not stop him from working in your life because he loves you. He loves you. If you were the only one that would accept him, he would still have done it all 
just for you because he loves you. God wants to give you a gift this morning. We have been generous. We've got, what, almost 50 boxes here. We're blessing 50 kids at Christmas. They're not even asking, but we're giving because why? Because we want them to know they're loved. This morning, God wants to give you all a gift because he loves you. Because he sees us trying to carry our life and do ministry and life. And he sees us struggling to pick this thing up. And he's like, I just want to send somebody to help you. I believe God wants to give you the gift of the person of the Holy Spirit this morning. We're going to seek God for his gift in just a moment. If you're watching online, it's been great that you've been with us. You don't need to live stream to experience the Holy Spirit. Ask and you shall receive. But gentlemen, I am going to ask you to turn off the live feed and to turn off the cameras because what God wants to do in his house today is not for the world, it's for the church. It's for us. He's not here to put on a show. He's here to show you that he loves you. Pastor, are you saying that you believe that God's going to show up and we could experience an audio, uh, 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 we could hear things, we could see things, we could feel things, and then that we're going to possibly speak things, it's very possible. I am not God, he is. I don't fill people, the Spirit does. And we're going to give anybody who wants an opportunity to experience the Holy Spirit and everything that that includes an opportunity to have that this morning. Guys, you're up here up front. This gift is not just for the adults in the room. The gift of the Holy Spirit is for you. And if you'd like to experience the help of the Holy Spirit in your life, you guys just stand up and stay up here up front. Because I got a feeling your parents are probably going to come in just a minute. If you want the help of the I know it's different. But it's in the Word of God. And it's something great that he wants to do. I will tell you this, my greatest friend, my greatest friend is the Holy Spirit. And I have grown with him for many years. He continues to amaze me and change me and transform me. If you want to go deeper with the Holy Spirit, if you want a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit this morning, would you come to the altars and just begin to wait on God. The altars are open. You can come right now. Kids, if you could move your buckets, and if you want to stay and you want to experience, that's great. If you want to go back with your parents, you can do that. We're not forcing anybody to do anything. But if you guys could grab your towels and buckets and move them off to the side. And then if you want to stay up front, you just come right up to the edge of the stage and you stay. There's a song that I've been asking Robbie and Mike to work on for the holiday season. We weren't planning to unveil it today, but it just seems to fit. Would you guys lead us in gratitude? And as these guys are playing, if you want to experience the Holy Spirit, would you just come to the, to the altar this morning? Would you come up front? Because I believe God's about to meet you in a very powerful way.
short I've got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often song must end and you never do so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again cause all that I have is a hallelujah Nothing else fit for a king Except for a heart singing Hallelujah Hallelujah I've got one Just one move with my arms stretched wide, I will worship you. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again, cause all that I Cause you've got a lion inside of the 
Sometimes the voice of the Lord is loud and sometimes it comes in a whisper. As these individuals were in that upper room, 120 of them, they had no idea what to expect. But God is faithful to his people. Spirit, they began to might be a feeling, it might just be like you just want to just praise God and worship God, but you're like, I don't know what to say, and just, it sounds like weird things coming out of your mouth. You're like, I don't know, what, what is this? Listen, don't be embarrassed. The reason that I believe that they spoke in other languages other than their own is because if we can trust God enough that the words that come out of us in language that we don't understand praise and worship him. How much more can we trust God when we're at a situation at school or our workplace or in our neighborhood that the Holy Spirit can then speak through us in our language, in our own language, that he can communicate through us to the people that we do life with. Robbie, Mike, lead us in one more worship song. I know this is strange for some people because you've never waited on God like this. It's, this is a totally different experience. Well, I just want you to worship God for a minute. You don't, you don't even have to sing the songs, but just how good God is, how much he loves you. Just maybe lift your hands and just begin to just worship him. Begin to just love on him. If you've got questions, man, bring them up. Talk to God. Just begin to, to speak some of these things and, and we're just going to wait on God for a moment and then I'll give direction however the, the Lord leads. But Robbie, Mike, would you just lead us one more time?
There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence. And I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love. My shame is undone Your presence, Lord Holy Spirit, you are welcome here Come flood this place and Let us experience 
the glory of your goodness. Let us
I don't know any other way to lead but to be transparent. I've grown up in Pentecostal churches my whole life. <laughs> I am in uncharted waters. I don't want to move in the flesh here and, and, and do something that's me. I want you to experience God just so pure, so holy. No smoke and mirrors, just His presence. I don't know if I've ever experienced peace like I have the last few days. Like it's a new sensation for me. Like, I, I came into the service totally and completely nervous, like butterflies in my stomach, which is normal for me. That happens every Sunday. But at peace and total confidence that He is God and He is still moving. So look, I, I know most of the time what we do is we get, all right, we, we get people and they pray for you and they lay hands on you and then you, you receive the Spirit, people speak in tongues and I just don't feel that's like God, God doesn't want us to move in that direction with people laying hands on people this morning. I feel like he just wants it to just be him. Because I'll do whatever God asks me to do. I won't be really clear, church. If he tells me to jump up here on one foot, rub my belly and pat my head, I will do it, all right? I'll make a fool of myself for God. But I just believe that he wants to do something here. And I just feel very confident he's got this. I'm just not quite sure what to do next. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. Just for a moment, no, no music. We're just going to be quiet and wait on God for just a moment. We're just going to wait on his presence.
Jesus, you love this church. You love these people. For seven years, we have toiled in the ground. We have planted seed. We have done the hard work. But now comes the season of harvest. It is the changing of the season. Lord, that your people might know. That they might experience, that they might see and hear. That they might be filled. So that there is no doubt that the living Lord Jesus has called them. We pray, send your spirit that you might fill us. That Holy Spirit, we need you in our life. We need help in our life. We cannot do it alone. We need, oh Lord, your power in our life to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in us. We need, oh God, the gifts of your Spirit to fill the church body, that we might do the work you have called us to do, that, Lord, our city is in need of a Savior. There are heartbroken and people that are broken and scarred and hurting, and they need healing and connection Lord, we pray that, Lord, you would make us your people and that you would send your spirit among us. That, God, it would not be in our own strength that we carry the bucket of sand, but, Lord, we are given a gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we lift our hands to receive the gift that comes from the heavens. It is not man-made. It is a gift of the Spirit. Robbie, begin to just play softly on the keys. Holy Spirit, come to this place. I lay down my baggage to receive all you have and settle in on Chiarando dosse arnando do varietto sandri all'andromba indra, barum ha girando dosse arnando l'orma How great is your love for your people? Send your spirit in waves into their life. What you have started, you will see to completion. 
what God has started in you, he will see it to completion in you. Parents, your kids will begin to be used by God in ways you have never imagined. Listen to the things your kids say. Do not discourage them, but encourage them. Bring correction where needed, but encourage them. God will give this generation dreams of the things he wishes to do that you and I cannot possibly wrap our minds around. But they will carry a torch for the Lord into a season unlike any that has come before Holy Spirit, release your power to the church, not for us to be prideful or arrogant, but God, to be full of the fruits and compassion and mercy for our city. This is a move of God. This is a move of God that is bigger than us. Church, I feel led to give direction in one more area this morning. I'm going to ask if you're seated, if you would come and join us at the altar. We're going to praise and worship together. One church, one body. Set our hearts on 
spirit is there is freedom Lord I believe that you are in doing great things you're going to do greater things 
Lord, I believe there are healings in this room. Backs to be made whole. Someone here this morning is dealing with like headaches or something going on up here. I just believe that there's healing for you. Not just physical either. There are those here this morning. You've been carrying burdens and scars from your past. God's going to just start healing up the things from the past. Like you, you have scarred expectations because you feel like you can't experience some of this good stuff and great things in your life because of what you've experienced in the past. And God is going to just start saying, hey, what's in the past is in the past, but there is something new for your future. Kids, again, I can't express this enough. God is going to do great things. Jesus is going to do some great things through you. Live for Jesus on your campus. He has got your back. He has your back. For those here this morning that like you feel like, man, I was really expecting something to happen that didn't, I understand that feeling. There might be some people here that are frustrated with the way that I've led this service this morning, and I understand that feeling too. If God ever disappoints us in the way we feel, it's because what he has for us is better than our expectations. I guarantee you he has not done working. And I've seen God's hand enough times to know his timetable is not mine and he is not a God to be manipulated. If you did not receive what you felt like you were supposed to get today, it does not mean that you will not receive it. One of my friends in high school, named Steve McCoy, we were inseparable. My first encounter with the Holy Spirit um, was at somebody's house. And and it was incredible. I I felt, man, the presence, talk about tactile feeling, I felt that feeling. But I was not filled with the Spirit until one night in brokenness, I got in my car, had a horrible night, some things had happened in my family, got in my 78 Buick Century, it was a tank of a car, and drove out into the middle of nowhere in Nebraska. And as I was praying, began to speak in a language that was not my own, filled in a car, driving down the highway. My best friend, Steve McCoy, came to altar services like this again and again and again, and it wasn't happening. We were at a retreat together. I kid you not, all right? He, go, he gets up, disappointed, frustrated, goes to the bathroom. He's praying in the bathroom and gets filled on the commode. Listen, don't tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor, okay? Don't be disappointed. It just means whatever God wants to do is greater. And listen, I can just tell you my experience. This morning as I'm sitting here and, and I was preaching and as we went into the altar time, I don't, I don't crown on my head. I don't know if that's a mouth. I just know that, that I sense his presence and I have this crazy peace. Like I, I've never experienced as a pastor before. I really, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what to do with it. Like this is a weird feeling. I'm in uncharted waters. 
but I trust God. And I know this, I love you. I told Bob and Joan we had a conversation. I've been ministering for over 20 years. I hope you know I love you, church. But in 20 years of ministry, this is the first time my wife and I have ever felt loved by a church. Can I tell you, this has been the greatest partnership of our life. I love you so much. And I want everything that God has for you. Everything. And I will do all that I can to see that come to pass in your life. He loves you, church. He loves you. Don't be afraid to step out of the norm and go where God is calling us. And listen, if we get off track, if we're going in the wrong direction, God loves us so much, he's going to get us right back where we need to be. I told Chris Kafer this a couple weeks ago, I'm so scared that I'm going to lead you guys somewhere we're not supposed to go. Like we're going to miss God because I, I, I was oblivious to it. Chris and I were talking, he's like, that's not going to happen, man, because God loves you so much. He loves our church so much. He's not going to let us miss him. I want to pray over you one more time, and then we're going to go eat together. We're going to fellowship, and God's going to keep ministering and doing what he wants to do. I hope that you've sensed his presence today, and I hope that you're not disappointed. But even if you are, I'm going to tell you God's not done working in your life. He just isn't. Lord, I, I love these people. You love them so much more than me. God, you have called us to be a church. You've called us to be the church. Not to pretend and be the church. Not to pretend to be something that we're not. Life is messy. We come in messy. But the king cleans us up from the inside out. Man, you're so good to us. You've been so good to this church, so good to our community, and you're wanting to do more. God, you put us right where you need us to be every single day. You give us the gift of your spirit. And like the word that was shared today, the table is full. It's full. Lord, I believe you're going to start operating in people here in the gifts of the spirit in incredible ways, not just in this building. That's the minimum. But God, in the streets and the byways, Lord, they're going to have words of wisdom and knowledge. They're going to see their friends who are suffering and sick. Lay hands and pray on them. They will be healed, not by their power or their might or their worth, but by the Spirit of God. You're going to move. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for what you are going to do in your people. Lord, help us to love this community and to love them well, to serve them well. That is the purpose of the Spirit. It's not for us to feel good or to have goosebumps. It's for us to be witnesses of the kingdom. You have saved us. You have set us free. There's so much to testify about. Lord, I thank you that we're able to get together and eat a meal downstairs. In fact, in the passages that we'll look at in the weeks to come, it talks about how, how the church came together. They did life together. They broke bread. They did meals. They sold their possessions. So everybody get ready to sell your house. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. But Lord, we, we want to be a church that does life together. 